Hello, hello, everyone. Happy Thursday. It's Pop Culture Mondays on Thursdays, and I'm your host, Brooke Hammerling. Guys, we have a very exciting episode this week, and this is, I will say, the first guest I've ever had on the podcast that I don't know personally, and I feel a little like the sister in Notting Hill when Julia Roberts walks into the house, and she's like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, I'm going to be your best friend. I want to be your best friend, and follows her into the bathroom, so (laughs) (laughs) I, sorry, Kate, I am a crazy stalker now, but for everyone, I'm going to introduce you now. Um, The host of Reality Life with Kate Casey is our guest today, That's Kate Casey, and she is not only a podcaster extraordinaire, she is an expert on all things reality shows, docu-series. She's a doc expert. She's an unscripted reality show expert. She puts out four podcasts a week and also a must-watch sort of list every, is that every Monday, Kate? Mm -hmm. Every Monday, Um, my God. Uh, she's also the mother of five. She, I mean, I have a dog. I don't understand. I, I have anxiety <laughs> over one podcast a week. I, you're a superwoman, and you're my Julia Roberts. I'm so happy you're here. It's so funny. I love that character. She was like this mousy blonde woman with large teeth. I, I feel like she died though. I feel like I she died. Yeah. And I need to, I, she, my, I'm very good friends with the um, writer director of that film, Richard Curtis. Oh, and wow. I, he's a legend. He's a legend. And his wife, or actually his, we say girlfriend, they're not legally married, but they've been partners for 30 something years. Emma Freud has been a guest on the pod, um, but I've not gotten Richard yet. I haven't, to be fair, asked him because I'm scared of his uh, rejection. (laughs) Oh, no. Tell him I said he's a legend. He's a legend. But yeah, I do think she died. I think it was like a heart thing. Mm -hmm. It's interesting because he's had the two quirky redheaded characters that were sort of the quirky artists in both films, Notting Hill and Four Weddings and a Funeral. They've both passed. So we are so funny. I just said yesterday, I said Raquel on Vanderpump Rules reminds me of Duckface. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's so interesting. Okay, so this is a perfect segue. So guys, we're going to really dig in deep on really (laughs) one topic this week. Like we went from last week talking about the Haley Bieber, Selena Gomez sort of drama and what laminated eyebrows are. And here we are this week talking about life altering events. And we are going to get into it because... I have to say this story, and if you've read my newsletter, you guys know what I'm talking about, has taken a hold of the nation. And whether or not you even know what a Vanderpump rule is or not, it doesn't matter. Like it's, it's on people's radar and that is the Vanderpump rules drama, the cheating scandal that is unfolding before our eyes. And what I was hoping to get from you, Kate, since you, you're an expert, a sort of a lay of the land for those who might not know, and I've done my best in the newsletter, but really I, I much prefer hearing somebody tell the story. And then why is this so gripping? Why is this taken over? Why is every single TikTok video I'm seeing or tweet mm-hmm. is something to do with, with Vanderpump Rules. And I'm seeing it from reporters in DC mm-hmm. who are like, I just got into the press van for the White House and I asked people about Vanderpump Rules. <laughs> like it's, it's yeah. crossed over into different areas and I would love your thoughts on it. 
since you are all things expert on this. So uh, Vanderpump Rules is an interesting show. It's been on the, the air for, I don't know, like 10 years or perhaps more. So it's essentially about people who were working at a restaurant. Typically people in West Hollywood who work at a restaurant are desperate to be actors or models. And it's like one of those places where you don't bring a resume, you know, to work the job, you bring your headshot. So you're hired for how hot you are. And this was at the Vanderpump restaurant, sir, right? That was where it it started. And it really began as a spinoff of Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. One of the lead members at the time, uh, cast members was Lisa Vanderpump and Lisa Vanderpump and her husband owned restaurants and two in Los Angeles. So it was really set at one of those restaurants. And the the crossover was that Brandy Glanville, who was a cast member on Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, had been married to Eddie Cibrian, who was like a TV actor, soap opera actor. And he had had a short-lived affair with a girl named Sheena. And Sheena was one of the waitresses who worked at Vanderpump Rules. So it was like you saw the end of Real Housewives of Beverly Hills episode, and then it she was walking, someone was walking into the restaurant, and that was the entree into this new show. So the first year, people were kind of like, eh, that's kind of, that's all right. And then they kind of really got I totally, into it. I, I totally forgot that connection. I totally, completely spaced on that, that connection. And then one other thing I want to point out is, I'm sure you know, but do the, the, what SIR stood for, stands for, the it's initials. Sexy, unique restaurant. It's so funny. It's so dumb. I thought it was like, sir, like on for, you know, in French, like, you know, (laughs) it's no sexy, unique restaurant. And I see it all the time because I live in WeHo. So, Mm. and it's a cheesy place. I've, I've called it to, it looks like it's decorated by like a Euro home goods. It's not like a very well done place. And you had a bunch of people that worked there who were in a group of friends and they all slept with one another. Now, over my experience of ten, six years doing reality TV uh, or, or podcasts about reality TV shows, I found, you know, typically there's a certain archetype for certain shows, like moms and young's daughters watch The Bachelor and women between like 25 and maybe 55 watch The Real Housewives. What has always been interesting to me is the audience that comes up to me to talk to me about Vanderpump Rules. And it's both men and women, but there are a ton of men that watch it between like 30 and 45. And I think it's because that show hits something for men of that age period because it reminds them of those years after college where you've got a bunch of roommates and you're all sleeping around, cheating on girlfriends. And it's it like brings them back to that great period of the time. So they're probably married now, or maybe they have a, a professional career that disallows them much time to date. It's like the debauchery of like who you are right after college in, in between like 24 to like 30. But in Vanderpump Rules case is that interesting is that they started as this group of waiters, but the television show became such a huge success that then they became television personalities. So their time working at these restaurants probably went on a little too long to the right. point where it was like a little bit embarrassing. Like, why are you still working at this bar? I mean, like the Tom because, Sandoval character that we are going to get yeah. into is 38 years old. Like you don't, and, and his career started in reality television as like a model being scouted by Lauren Conrad on the Hills. Like he's been doing yeah. this a long time. It's quite long in the tooth for this sort of thing, I would say. But they truly became really, really big stars. And the interesting point that brings us to today's time 
is that there was like uh, an issue relating to one of the cast members making uh, calls to reporting that a, a black cast member had stolen something. It became very dirty for a period of time where it was like, this is becoming too dark of a show. Several were let go. And there was a lull for a period of time where they were not filming. So it was like, it was super popular. Then it became not as popular. And then they didn't film for a while and people kind of forgot about the show. And I think that's where I left off. This is like, like that was before Lala or was that during the Lala days? I can't remember. It was after Lala. So Lala had been on for maybe two or three seasons, but it was just becoming kind of a stale, stale of a show. And so I know the people who produced the show and they said, no, we're going to bring it back. And I thought, well, you got to bring back some new people because the old stories are kind of stale. So they brought it back. This would be the first season of it coming back after a period of time where it was kind of, you know, dead in the water. So it's been only like, I don't know, six episodes or something into this new season after a long break of time. Oh, wow. I didn't realize that. And and that for episodes, you know, one, two, three, four, five, they were actually going down in the ratings. Like it was not being well watched at all. So to everyone's surprise, they open their phones and people are texting this TMZ article that said that one of the cast members, Tom Sandoval, had been engaged in a long-term affair with another cast member for at least nine months. And that's when everything sort of exploded. So we're really talking about a show that was very popular, became pretty stale, was not filming for a while, and just recently came back. So, I mean, the producers are all probably high-fiving that this actually worked in their favor, and it's all of a sudden made a show that was truly not being watched by anybody in the New York Times today. In the New York Times. Yeah. I mean, when I saw that, it was the New York Times story posted online like a couple hours after my newsletter. And I was like, what the fuck is happening? Um, (laughs) Is the cynic in me? I mean, you know, you come from a comms background as well. And we have Mm -hmm. that publicity mindset where, you know, our worlds are usually six steps ahead of our clients or the people. So in my brain, I'm looking at it as like, is there any world in which this was completely strategic on the ends of like the cast or whatever, that this is all like collusion to get their ratings up and to become, or is this just pure accidental gold for Andy Cohen and the team? Mm, I wouldn't say there are Spengali's behind the scenes going, let's drop this news now. Where I do think it is interesting is that the older cast members, the OGs like Tom Sandoval, I think are getting to a point where they're like, this is dying in the water. We need to do something to get, to keep ourselves in the, like in the lexicon. So I think that once you have that mindset of like, I have to stay on TV because I have a mortgage to pay. I need Instagram followers. I do think the stakes get higher and they get a little bit more sloppy. Right. So I think it's a little bit of that. I don't think the producers were like holding on to information. I think they're probably or my like, even question is thank like, God. Yeah. No, but my question is, is, is this even real? Like did Tom and Raquel really have an affair or was this all like a collusion? No, for everybody? I, think they were ha- I think they were having an affair, but I think Tom Sandoval represents the douchebag uh, that a lot of us have known who sometimes it's like someone who's married having an affair. This is somebody, though they're not married, they have a home together. They've been together for nine years. But like a lot of these guys that will go, 
you know, we should be together, but like, I'm waiting for my wife's uh, mother to die. I'm waiting for a job promotion. I think he was stringing this along for a very long time. And so what I understand is that he said that he had said, well, her grandmother's going to die or she's having mental health problems. I think it's somebody who really liked having a groupie in, in Raquel. By the way, her real name's Rachel. She Rachel, like I did point name. that out. She was Rachel all yeah. the way through high school. So she's sort of like in the Laria Baldwin character. Correct. I think she went into pageants, which we'll get to in a second. But I think that she, her archetype is like, she's his groupie. She thinks he's so great. When those of us who've watched the show from the beginning know he's absolutely disgusting. I mean, he's disgusting. So, it's like, he's like a walking Valtrax ad. Like I just- exactly. Find- Exactly. Let's talk about the time that I met Tom Sandoval at Stir and why I stopped watching Vanderpump because of this interaction. For spring break, me and my boyfriend were going to Stir and we're going to Tom Tom and we went to the boat. I'm gonna be honest, Tom was really nice, but the reason that I stopped watching Vanderpump Rules after this is because this man stank. He smelled like a frat house bathroom. It was like cigarettes and missed opportunities. And now that we all hate him, I just want to say he smells horrible. Team Ariana. And I don't want to watch the show anymore because every time I saw him, even though he looks like he smells good, he stinks. And it was making me not watch the show because all I could think about is, I wonder what he smells like right now because he was stinking when he came into work. So I think that he was just living the kind of life like, I have a home. I'm not going to get rid of it. My girlfriend probably does a lot of nice things for me. I'm not going to get rid of both of these situations because I can have my cake and eat it too. Raquel Rachel is an interesting archetype because she clearly was a super fan of the show. Watched every single episode. She starts dating James Kennedy, who was like a DJ on the show. And they clearly had no sexual chemistry. And in fact, at the reunion, James said, we barely even have sex. Right. And they were engaged, right? They were engaged. They got engaged at one point, which, of course, was on the show. And strangely, Tom Sandoval paid for most of their engagement party. Normal people go, why are you paying for someone else's engagement party when you have three Skittles in your bank account? But somehow he did. And so these kind of things come up at reunions that now in retrospect, you're like, this must have been going on. A long, long, a long time. time. And Tom Sandoval and the other Tom um, Schwartz, they were mm-hmm. cast members from Vanderpump Rules. They ended up being as bartenders going into business with Lisa and Ken Vanderpump to open up initially down in WeHo in Boys Town, Tom Tom. But they're they're minority partners, right? They were the face of it. They had the show, right. but ultimately the ownership was mainly the Vanderpumps and whatever investors they had. And then mm-hmm. this is this this new season was sort of tied to the opening of their newest place right which was called mm-hmm. Schwartz, Schwartz. Schwartz and Sandy is one of the worst names ever and ever. their restaurants also are decorated horribly disgusting there is a certain segment of the population who have a certain nostalgia for the show and they're gonna go to the bar and they're gonna have the most disgusting overpriced drink and like you know a lamb chop just to see them and, and to laugh at them I live two minutes from that main strip of where, um, you know, off of Sunset, you have the uh, Selling Sunset office. And then down on Santa Monica, you have Tom, Tom and Sir and Pump and blah, blah, blah. Um, And you always, without fail, I'm just in awe of the throngs of fans from all over who are posing for pictures and screaming, certainly in Tom, Tom, like Tom, Tom, like they are, they're looking for Lala. They're looking for everyone. It's the craziest thing. And it's ongoing every day, all day. 
And then you have Lala, who started the show as, you know, kind of like, made her seem like, like, like a skanky host. And, you know, now she's got a child and she's battling for custody against the dis- dis- disgusting producer, Who's director been, that yeah. Headline she was news. engaged to. And she so, was part of the whole Bruce Willis narrative of being in those right. sort of like crazy movies that her then fiance was producing and, mm-hmm. you know, straight to video Bruce Willis films that she then became a voice in this articles about Bruce Willis's dementia, about how she mm-hmm. almost had her life in danger because of scenes where he seemed incoherent. So there've been lots of yeah. spinoff stories, but this one in particular has taken People have just, I mean, down to the, like, I have people asking me who have never seen the show, like, what's up with the <laughs> lightning bolt necklaces? Were they really right. wearing matching lightning bolt necklaces in front of their friends and loved ones? And Well, I think that, again, people who carry on affairs, especially for a long period of time, the stakes get higher. And, like, maybe the first couple of months, they're like, oh, my God, no one's picking up on this. I guess we can do this. I guess we can do this. To the point where apparently she was staying in their guest house and one night Ariana, his girlfriend, got up in the middle of the night looking for him and he was leaving the guest house. And she asked, what are you doing? Because she was, Raquel was sleeping in there and he said I was getting her water. Now, the minute that would have happened, I would have gone, you got to be fucking kidding me, right? Mm -hmm. Like, what are you talking about? But somehow he was able to convince her that he was totally devoted to her and it meant nothing. So what apparently happened is that they were at a show. Someone called Tom, Ariana had his phone, and there was a video, there were conversations that were pretty suggestive between them, but also a video. Some have said that video is pretty suggestive. And now- This was a video of Tom and Raquel that then- No, Raquel pleasuring herself, according to rumor. Oh. That Ariana came across. So today's latest is that she tried to hire a PR firm and then they dropped her. And now her attorney is sending out cease and desist letters to people. Right. I saw Lala's and TikTok where she was like, yes, yeah, do you know crazy. how any of this works? But then it's been spun that maybe now she's going to say that that was, that was like revenge um, porn. Basically she was, taped without consent so it gets pretty murky so that's why it's interesting to to watch it kind of unfold because no one really knows all like the complete sequence of events and then i think this is compounded with so many people i've always said this that the people who watch reality shows watch true crime shows it's the same like unscripted is unscripted people Mm -hmm. all love the same stuff i have just as many people who talk to me as real about real housewives than about the Murdoch murders. So I think you have two worlds colliding where you have a reality show about people sleeping around. And then the true crime fans are like, let's find out the complete timeline and what they did. I put out a tweet. I said, I am ready to direct and produce a documentary about this with uh, the forensic cell phone information, drone footage, parking garage footage, like, I just think everybody's so fascinated in how those two pulled off an affair so long that that's why everybody's kind of obsessed right now. Like they want to be part of the true crime aspect of it. Like how they want to solve it. They want the, they want to solve it. It's so interesting because it did all come out at the same time, basically, as Alec Murdoch was being convicted or sentenced, I guess. Right. So this all, this all sort of collides together. And then, 
there's so many different aspects of it. Like you have Andy Cohen, who's now even, he seems like part of the fandom. He's trying to figure it out. He's well, like, he, is- he, he's not really a producer. All he does is he shows up to the reunions. So that's why he's just as excited because he's oh. kind of trying to figure it out too. Like what is going on? And, you know, he interviews all of them over years and years and years you know, he's privy to conversations. And, and I think that he's probably highly, um, two things, amused by the text messages he's re- receiving from people like Jax, who used to be on the show, probably went in on the action again. But also probably a sense of pride that this was a show that kind of went off everyone's radars and suddenly it's been resuscitated. It is our first live show since all of the Vanderpump news. I see whose team you're on. Jerry, just wondering, what was your reaction? What are your thoughts? What's your hot take? Um, It was uh, pretty shocking. I mean, I, like everyone else, remembers where they were when they heard my take. (laughs) My take is that Tom Sandoval is... He's not a man. He's a little boy. And this is what little boys do. Tom Schwartz is a little boy. These are right. All the guys on that. Right. Oh, that is that is they're little boys. Now, you know, I at one time in my life was a little boy. Okay. I was (laughs) I was in relationships. I was terrible in those relationships. Okay. And then I met my wife and I became a man. Okay. And when I met my wife, I was seeing another person. And I met my wife and my my wife, Rebecca Romaine, was my Rochelle. And it was not pretty, but I was a little boy. And now I am a man. I want to tell Katie and Ariana, you need to find some men, some real men, because men want both of you. Trust me, they want you. You need to find a man. All of this makes so much sense because I had not pieced it together that had been off the air for a while and that was not doing well when it came back. What happens next? I mean, there have been reports that they had been basically wrapped production, but now they've picked that up again. I think they're probably going to do at least one extra episode because they're trying to film the aftermath of this affair being revealed at least since, you know, what Thursday. So there's been a couple of days they've been in hair and makeup. They've been filming things. Then they do a reunion taping. It was supposed to be uh, just under t- two weeks. So I, what I'm going to say is that they just much like a housewives just start filming, right? It'll just like, you know, overlap, just go into the next season because that season that you're watching right now was filmed almost like a year ago. It was right when Lala's, book dropped because I interviewed her and then it was two days later they started taping. So that I think it's about a year now because she had just had her baby. So I think they're just going to quickly and then turn it out quickly. And they're going to extend it as many episodes as possible if they're smart. If I were yeah. a network executive, I'd be like, let's put a show on every day. I think if they re- this is what I think these shows need to do for the fandom like that is pay Tom Schwartz and Sandoval or whatever, the, the investors, extra money and have a live webcam in their bars. My God. People would I mean, pay for the live feed. Right now. Because they want to know who's going on. Like, is Raquel going in the bars? Like, who, like does the cast show up? Do they hate them? Like, all that stuff's fascinating. But uh, yeah, they're going to film right away. And, and what's so interesting is that throughout all of this, by the way, I will say this, like, and again, I'm, I'm just basing this on what I've seen on sort of the user content of each of them and what they've been putting out. It, it just, 
the women are smarter than the men here. Again, like, I don't know if you Always. take that away, but they, it just seems like, and, and maybe not Raquel, but Ariana, Lala, the other ones that have all been in mm-hmm. it, they are seizing this moment. They understand how to navigate this moment. They are incredibly savvy at how, on how to make this, you know, a profitable, successful point for them in some ways. And mm-hmm. the men just seem like babbling idiots who are literally being told what to do by their PR people or whatnot. So you had a bunch of bad reviews come out on Schwartz and Sandy's. Mm-hmm. Everybody's saying it's because he cheated on his girlfriend, but you know, maybe it just also is terrible, but lots and lots and lots of bad reviews. So it turns out that Sandoval or as Andy Cohen calls him Scandoval, or that this whole thing is the Scandoval. He then issues a statement like apologizing to his partner and the other investors of the restaurant and asking people to, you know, give it a chance. And he's stepping back from it. So things slow down on the attention on him. Makes no mention Mm -hmm. of Ariana. Like, what are your thoughts on that? Was that something he was pushed to do by his investors or why not apologize for the whole situation? And why not apologize to your girlfriend first and foremost? I don't think he cares about her or anybody else. He's a true narcissist. The only thing that he probably cares about in the moment is that the investors are like, we are going to lose out a major money. I I don't think he cares about Raquel. I don't think he cares about Ariana. I don't think he cares about anybody. I think he has become like, listen, a lot of these people become completely compromised by fame. He was probably a horribly selfish douchebag before, and this has only made it worse. It's magnified the show. I mean, if you have watched him sing, like, first of all, it's an affront as a girl who (laughs) loves rock and roll. I love live music. I love cover bands. Cover bands are great. You know, as long as you can actually fucking sing and perform. And he's he's, not much of a singer. He can't sing. He's putting friends of mine. He like did a cover of U2 that was like, I just hope to God none of those boys ever have to hear (laughs) because they'll be so horrified. But a lot of that is just the kitschy stuff of like. You know, the people who watch Summer House are clamoring to get in line to, to meet Craig Conover at a, at a pillow store. That was so, my next question. Who's going to his shows? These are the fans, the super fans. He doesn't really need to be a great singer if he just leans into, uh, I'm just a TV villain who wears sequin clothes. I don't think people go to a Luann de Lesseps show and they're like, this is going to be an exceptional performance. The problem is, like, there's another reality television show around the corner. In fact, they'll probably care about something else in maybe six more days. And I think that the people that have the ego to go on shows like this think that once they hit this this fame point, that they will be forever beloved by a viewing public. And it's just like, we we like watching you because you're a disaster. Right. And there's another disaster around the corner. And I think that Rachel... Levis is fascinating. She clearly wanted to be on the show. She's gone through several different people just to date them for airtime. I don't think she even really cares about all of this because I think this is what she's probably wanted her whole life. Listen, she was a she's a 28 year old who's upset she has to retire from pageants, and I have to say the pageants that she participated in were unbelievably embarrassing. So if your skill set is you walk in circles and heels on a stage, and that's got to be you know, you got to have a better plan than that. So I don't think she even cares that she's being ridiculed right now. 
I say this. This is my prediction. I actually think those two are going to stay together because who's going to want him now and who's going to want her? So they'll stick together. I think she'll be pregnant by November. So do you think they're pitching a show now, like Sandoval? I'm sure they would. I'm sure. So she gets pregnant, and then they think they're going to get a spinoff called, you know, Sandoval Matters. And (laughs) it'll be like them raising a child in West Hollywood while she's, you know what, she'll probably be a pageant coach. And then she'll find another, she'll find some network executive that she'll rally around. No, what I, I do like the fact that the women are rallying around women, both on the show and seemingly, you know, out there mm-hmm. in public, uh, certainly on TikTok are rallying around Ariana and, you know, railing against Tom and Raquel. Well, I think that Ariana speaks to a lot of people, men and women, which is there's probably been a time in your life where you felt completely humiliated. And now this is like on a global scale where everybody knows that you were completely unaware of an affair going on in your own home. It's a violation of epic proportion. And we've all been cheated on most of us pretending someone to pretending to be your close friend and then sleeping with your boyfriend or husband. I think that there, there, there are so many people that, that, that really hits home to. Mm. So I, I can understand why everybody would, would rally. I think that if, you know, as PR people, like I'm her agent, I'm her publicist. I'm like, Ariana, this might be the greatest thing that ever happened because now you can actually separate yourself from this tool bag that you've been hitched to for nine years and you can find the inner strength to to do the thing that you really want to do. And you've got the world behind you supporting you. Let's go into a whole new direction. And don't you look, don't you dare look in the rearview window. I know. I mean, literally 100%. That's exactly like, I think this is her moment and the real opportunity is for her. I saw there were videos and I hate that I saw it because she seemed really upset and was giving like the paparazzi the finger, but the pictures of them coming, like going to McDonald's. And I will tell you, as my friends know, when I'm having the worst day, if the worst news happens, like I'm not one of those girls that loses her appetite at all. I'm like, I immediately need a quarter pounder with cheese, large fries and a chocolate milkshake <laughs> immediately right now. So I really related to that. I, I also thought it was interesting like again Lala started as you said as this really terrible character like a like cheesy gross hostess that was trash but now you've seen this woman evolve you've seen her become a mother you've seen her become sort of the sage words like she had been calling this for some time she had a spidey Mm -hmm. sense about Raquel she saw that just like you're saying Raquel is this is her entire agenda is like she's sort of of a different generation than a lot of them. I mean, mm-hmm. the other women are in their late 30s. She's in her late 20s. She had a complete agenda and Lala and, and others were able to spot that from really the beginning. And so it's interesting to see that story arc sort of come to where we are today. I also think women who participate in pageants, especially well past their prime, prime in terms of like pageantry, there's something ruthless about that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if the women in pageantry are really honest about, or at least not on the, the, the night of the Miss America contest, how cutthroat it is. And I think she presents herself as very doe-eyed, as people explained to her, but like kind of like a ditz. Like, I don't know what's going on. I think she's actually quite cunning. 
Interesting. I would say that's such an interesting thing. That's a perfect end to this because last week I had the privilege of going with my friend Kara Swisher to the the Love It or Leave It ta- uh, podcast taping where Kara was a guest. Mm-hmm. And I, when we were walking in, I was like, who are the other guests? She's like, I don't know. I don't know. And we were in the green room. <laughs> and uh, one of the other guests was Liz Winstead, who's an old friend of mine I hadn't seen in years, who's the one of the creators of The Daily Show, an incredible, incredible talent producer and now working with women's rights and um, abortion rights so forth. And then all of a sudden, much to the shock and horror of the rest of the people in there, in walks Gretchen Carlson. And for those of you who do not uh, know, Gretchen okay. Carlson was uh-huh. a big Fox News star and um, mm-hmm. then uh, was fired and then uh, sued them for the Roger Ailes sort of sexual stuff and brought that out. But she's also a former Miss America. And this woman, she came in and she like laser focused. And first of all, her publicist, who's apparently quite a well-known publicist, I was sitting as was Liz Winstead and the publicist could clock that I wasn't one of the talent. And she sat on my chair and was like, I'd like to sit here as I'm sitting. She like sat on my lap and was like, I mean, just the boldness, ridiculousness. But, um, Carlson, Gretchen Carlson was just, you could tell she was so calculated about her navigating that room, what she was doing, who she was going to talk about, who she was going to talk to, what she was going to say. And I just like immediately felt a darkness come over. We all did. And to be fair to the audience of the love it or leave it, they felt it too. And she, they weren't buying what she was trying to sell, which was, you know, oh, I wish I could tell you guys about all my issues with Roger Ailes and Fox. I really wish I could. They, these contracts are just so crazy. No, she's, you know, she's as a non-disclosure agreement because she got a lot of money. Like she, it's a, it's a, it's a transactional reason. She could tell people exactly what went down, but she got money. And so she can't. And it was just, it was crazy. And you could see her sort of the wheels spinning. And it was the practice that she has as a pageant girl. She, as you said, ruthless upbringing on how to win on how to be the star on how to take all of the attention, how to turn a room into like her audience. And you watched it happen. So I think you're a hundred percent right. And Rachel, AKA Raquel is, is she's no, you know, she's no expert yet. She's still got a long ways to go, but she's certainly cunning in that way. I think she's pretty cunning. It'll be amazing to see what happens. Well, this is incredible. I, I just, we always do at the end of a podcast, I do this take on Mary fuck kill, but it's Mary. It's like make out Mary or mute. And it, is it doesn't mm-hmm. it doesn't need to it's not real obviously yeah, yeah, yeah. but I thought we could like would you be up for doing it with like sure, reali- sure, sure, sure. reality show it doesn't need to be Vanderpump only it could be any reality sure. show like who in a reality show would you make out with Mary or mute that's what I would say I'd probably marry somebody like Zach Shawcross the Bachelor because he reminds me of my husband just okay. like salt to the earth nice person make out with. God, I don't know. I'd have to think about that. I don't know if there's anyone I would make out with. <laughs> um, and then mute. Oh, my God, so many. I've always wanted to mute Vicky Gumbelson, <gasps> who was on Real Housewives of Orange County. She's like Babe, the worst. that's my mute. That's the craziest of all of the franchises. My mute is Vicky. Yeah, she's the worst. Vicky Gumbelson was the OG. I mean, she is the OG. She mm-hmm. was in the first mm-hmm. season of the first mm-hmm. franchise of Real Housewives of, of Orange County. She's from Cota de Cosa or whatever it is. She's the worst. She's truly the She's one the, that really the worst. She it would never help another woman to save her life. And that, for that reason, I would never speak to her. That is, it is incredible that of, 
of the millions of people we could choose from, <laughs> we both have the same same mute. I would marry. I, I mean, this is sort of a stretch, but Mike White, who I consider a reality show person because he's oh, a yeah. contestant. Oh yeah, no, no, no. I totally, hundred percent survivor. Yeah. I mean, obviously the creator of White Lotus, um, but he is unfucking believable in terms of his his knowledge of reality shows his his mm-hmm. use of his time on survivor amazing race things like that in how he thinks about sort of story arcs and storytelling oh maybe i like phil kogan from amazing race i feel like he would just be the most interesting person at a dinner party okay that's good and i think that's what you need when yeah. somebody to marry who's going to be that good dinner party guest i like that yeah i like that and then make out you know, I think it would be, I, ah, I love the crazy, I like some of the crazy housewives. I mean, I think I would make out with like crazy drunk Dorinda, like just cause I think it would be such a, it would be such a story. I know, but oh my God, that it would, but then you'd be like, oh my God, she keeps texting me. It's <laughs> true. Leave you alone. It's true. Um, there's so many, I mean, what is your favorite Real Housewives franchise? It always changes to be honest with you, but right now it's Miami. Miami For amazing. me, it's all about really good storytelling. Yeah. Like I, a lot of the fights, it's like survivor at a dinner table. That doesn't really interest me. It's the, it's the like really interesting personal stories and their inter and the intersection with other women. And I like Miami because I feel like it's telling the real story of the city. I feel like a real housewives ultimately should be each, each city should represent the women who live there and tell the story of that city. And so some lost their always, way on that for sure. I always like it when they mix it up and they get new, they have to get new cast members all the time because I think stories need to keep fresh and it has to be modern. And so I think a lot of the stories that they tell in Miami right now are very modern. I would say Orange County is probably the most outdated one to me. I mean, there's no, there's no community of Orange County that like is good to promote other than these like little gated ridiculous places. But my last question is why would people certainly on the real housewives or anything like that, what is compelling? Is it just the need for fame? Like you're now see they, there's so many years of history to see that relationships fail. There is deception, things break down, children end up in trouble and that's all for everyone to see. There's racism, there's sexism, there's anti-Semitism, there's criminal behavior that gets highlighted. Like, so say like they came to me right now and say, Brooke, we really want you on a real housewife. Like, you know, I'm not a real housewife. I'm not married, but like, is there something that just like I could launch a brand or I know how to navigate it? Yeah, I certainly would recommend to people, you got to have a backup plan. If your plan is just to be on TV, you're screwed because you will be humiliated. You will be degraded in some way. People are going to pick apart your lives. You have to have some sort of backup. Like, I'm going to use this as an opportunity to promote my charity, my, uh, my business, something of that sort. I think a lot of people do it because they think it's a it's like the escalator to success. Like they're going to get a, the quick opportunity to become the international superstar that they always thought themselves to be. They really are people that have a, the first call with somebody from casting and they say, you would not believe my life or everyone th- says that I belong on TV. They're just different kind of people. I mean, you and I would never last because we're too introspective and thoughtful about things, but they're people who kind of live their lives on the edge and they're looking behind their shoulder all the time, hoping that someone is witness to whatever calamity that they're experiencing and really believe that the entire world is waiting with bated breath to hear their personal story. It's got to be that kind of person, but that kind of person usually ends up becoming a disaster. But I think people watch because we're all kind of in our own worlds with our own 
lives. And for many people, it's like Groundhog Day. And they look forward to watching someone else's live on camera because it's a window into a world that they don't know of. And if it's a successful project, I believe that it allows other people to look at someone else's lens through which they look at their own life. And in the process of doing that, you think about your own life and maybe even change the way you think about something. If you're someone in a different pocket of the world and you've never seen a Cuban woman, maybe you've never seen a same-sex couple, you're going to watch The Real Housewives of Miami and you're suddenly going to shift your perspective because when you think of that topic, you're thinking of a human attached to it. Mm, that's so interesting. So I think that I think that's why we all watch. And I think of all of us as kind of cultural anthropologists. And so as crazy as sometimes things are, including the Vanderpump Affair, maybe it makes some other people think about like, do I have true intimacy in my relationship? Am I being honest about what I want in my life? Do I feel that I'm unsafe in this relationship? Should I be more open about what I want? Or if I'm feeling like maybe there's room for someone to stray. Mm. Uh, There's always some things that you can take from everything that you see. It's incredible. I mean, I could sit here and talk for days. I mean, because there's so many layers we haven't even gotten into, like the amount of people I know who are so obsessed with like BravoCon and like this is a real Mm -hmm. industry. And I do think you're right. Like I listen to reality show podcasts and true crime podcasts or like true crime fan podcasts. That's my thing. Mm -hmm. So we have hours more to do, but I know you have a busy life. I have to walk my dog. That's the biggest thing I got on my, my agenda. But first of all, thank you to Danny Passman. I mean, Danny Passman brought us together. Danny's been a guest on the podcast. He's an incredible reality show creator, producer, like extraordinaire. And Kate Casey, thank you so much. You guys must, if you're not already, though, I am assuming a lot of you are listening to reality life with Kate Casey. And you can find you, Kate, on Twitter. I know at Kate Casey, that's Kate with a K, mm-hmm. Casey with a C, C A S E Y. Anywhere else mm-hmm. you want people to find you? Instagram at Kate Casey C A, TikTok, it's Kate Casey C A. I have a Facebook group for my podcast called Reality Life with Kate Casey, which is really fun because people deep dive the episodes. But uh, you can also get my must watch list every Monday by signing up at katecasey.substack.com. Okay, we're going to put all of that in the show notes for you guys, too. So definitely follow along. It's been incredible, Kate. I am so honored, honestly, my Julia Roberts. Oh, thank you. So (laughs) delighted. You're so beautiful and so smart. And thank you. And you guys, this was a really, really fun Pop Culture Mondays on Thursdays. And have a beautiful, beautiful rest of your week. And we'll see you next Thursday. Pop Culture Mondays.